We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Fires downfield to Jamar Chase. He's got it. Wow. Takes it all the way. DJ Moore has a pass to the end zone. Jonathan Taylor. Touchdown. Pass is caught. Diggs. Touchdown. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Road of His Overtime on Road of His Radio, brought to you by Blue Wire. This is a bonus edition of Road of His Overtime, and I hope you're ready for it. It's going to be a fun one. We're trying to cover all topics. We always say that we cover everything from baseball to dynasty to redraft we're starting to i guess the wheels will eventually over the next couple of weeks really take over into redraft but with some dynasty questions coming in we want to get through those before we start to really dive into the the redraft side of things and i guess sean redraft and dynasty at a point in august starts to to blend together as you're trying to set up that one season team almost to to, to try and win the championship but we are going to talk today about a number of different scenarios rosters people who are after just finishing up their uh, drafts and how their rosters look so we are going to, to review those today but sean as we get ready to start the show today are you are you ready are you in the dynasty mindset i am i've had a chance to be drafting over at the ffpc with the rotoviz triflex dynasty leagues doing a team with patrick corain one of the very high dollar ones which was fun and got the 103 so that set us off very nicely have a lot of content about that up on the site and more lessons still to come matt jones and i are drafting one of the lower dollar ones had the 111 and we made some moves to kind of get up from there and then go very young that draft has been a little bit more veteran heavy which has been both interesting and nice because it's left a lot of the young wide receivers falling to us we were able to get kyle pitts at the 110 and then start with christian mccaffrey and travis Etienne. but from that point drafting exclusively young wide receivers with mac jones sort of slid in there it's a dream team considering that we had to start with the 111 which gives you quite a few disadvantages from the beginning so both of those teams very very different different tactics had to be employed have a lesson in the dynasty workshop coming up talking about flexibility early in your draft and keeping your options open and finding the path that's going to work in that particular league as opposed to going in with the mindset of i've got to do it this way or i've got to do it that way where you know depending on who your league mates are it may simply not work you may leave value on the table if you do get caught up in going one direction or another at the very very beginning and Colin, we're going to have some drafts that we look at today where listeners have done a very nice job in putting together 
some young teams. We have a young team here to start from a startup, and then we have a team that is now in its second year and trying to decide which direction it should go. Yeah, and you mentioned uh, the difference in the draft slots. The draft you did with uh, Pat Curry and Pat tweeted out the images of the roster and people were astounded as to how you ended up with all those players on the, the one roster after a startup because it is absolutely loaded. So I'm sure we will talk a little bit more about that on an upcoming show. But having those draft slots, you've done a lot of work and, and articles on how important it is and how much of a disadvantage, as you mentioned, is having one of those late slots. The first team here today, we do not know what slot it was, but it is a super flex league and it has Patrick Mahomes on it. So I would say with that in mind that it is a relatively early slot in it, but it's a full PPR, two flex, one super flex league. This comes in from Cole. So thanks Cole for sending in the roster for us to have a look at. He said, if you're ever looking for a roster to talk about in the pod, here's his dynasty startup that he just drafted so he tried to go as young as possible and hit on some big values he said keep up the great work so thanks for the kind words looking at the roster we have patrick mahomes Brees hall james cook t higgins trail on burks then a tight end we have pat fairmouth rashad bateman rondell moore and russell wilson so at the moment that's what's locked in as the starting lineups we're going for two running backs four wide receivers two quarterbacks and a tight end as that build on the bench, then, we have Sam Howell as a backup quarterback. We have Eno Benjamin. Um, we have Rashad White. We have Isaiah Spiller, Will Fuller, KJ Hamler, Anthony Swartz, Tutu Atwell, Joshua Palmer, Jalen Tolbert, Wandell Robinson, Jamison Williams, Gerald Everett, Foster Moreau, and Tommy Tremble, who actually did feature on that ro- recent episode uh, for a brief period of time with uh, Stadium Bananas as they talked about the situation obviously with baker mayfield signing with the panthers the taxi squad in this does also have malik willis so we will mention that it is at the moment a four quarterback build but sam howell is the only one on the bench so there is some players sean we like there on the bench how are we feeling we'll do this in reverse how are we feeling about the depth before we jump on to the actual starting roster at the moment and this roster does as i mentioned have kj hamler and Gerald Everett on the bench. So Sean's just trying to figure out how we get those guys into the starting lineup. Well, a column now is, is definitely uh, elevating my enthusiasm for Gerald Everett to, to new levels. You know, that's one of our pure sort of opportunity plays, which is a play that we don't do that often, but it's an opportunity to play that's also based on the talent of Herbert and this potential for a late breakout for Gerald Everett there. But one of the things that I really like about this roster that you can tell, even not knowing the exact rounds, but looking at the overall composition is that this team went at the positions that they needed to go at the right juncture and went for the ages that they needed to go at the right juncture. One of the things that we see from time to time is that teams will be conservative and play for veterans early. They've got a little bit of that win now mode and they switch over to young players late and take a lot of young players who really aren't ever going to contribute. It's not that it's impossible, but the probabilities are extremely low. And so you've got a team that's going to be declining in trade value with those veterans that you drafted early and then your lottery picks are unlikely to pay off for you. You really want to do it in the opposite fashion where your early round picks are young and have so much potential that number one, they're probably going to outscore what you have in mind for them right away. You look at some of these players in the starting lineups, you know, like a Traylon Burks, a Rashad Bateman, a James Cook, even even though we like uh, Devin Singletary quite a bit, a Brees Hall, those players are probably going to mildly outperform 
at the very least they have a very wide range of outcomes and a high talent level which is something that you want to put into rosters of all kinds but then you look here on the bench you can tell that rashad white and isaiah spiller were drafted in good slots then i like the veteran some of the veteran options here where we have a will fuller we have a kj hamler hamler hasn't played much but is already trending into that veteran area you have a gerald everett so you've layered in a couple of veteran picks who are fantastic values and it could round out this very young roster that's the thing that you'd like to see and then the depth is still young in a lot of ways where you have the you know benjamin you have Jalen Tolbert, you have Wondell Robinson, Jamison Williams right here on the bench because he's not expected to start at the beginning of the season. Colin, I think this is the perfect roster. You might look at Russell Wilson and wonder what the price was there and if a different option maybe made sense when we're looking at more than the next couple of years. Anytime that you're looking at that QB position, it's that real tension between how many years are there and how much production is there. One of the things that I do like to do similar to the last point is you want to get that QB star at the beginning, but then move to more immediate production in that round 10, round 11 range, depending on what kind of format you're in. In the FFPC RV Triflex leagues, you can only draft three, and that creates an interesting dynamic where these sort of second and third tiers, and I'm talking about that from a very big picture perspective, not necessarily how we have them on the site tiered, those players tend to drop because the managers know they're not going to be able to draft four or five based on what other managers are doing. You can get some immediate production there. Russell Wilson, an interesting player. He's kind of in that intermediate space where he's getting older. He's probably not going to put up the same rushing yards, but he is into this elite offense. He probably will score a lot of points for you in the next year or two with all of the weapons. We say elite offense. The elite offense is going to rely on him. He's got to be the driver for that but they have surrounded him with guys who should make that possible. We expect Denver, especially within the context of Kansas City, Los Angeles, and Las Vegas, also at least looking like high-powered offenses that the AFC West is going to be shootout central. I think you have to really like the overall complexion of this team, but then the specific picks as well are just very, very exciting. Yeah, and when we looked through it, you mentioned you know the age, and he also mentioned it, but... Really, when we look through it, like Will Fuller and Gerald Everett are the the real veterans off the roster. Everyone else is kind of in their first kind of three seasons in the league outside of the two quarterbacks. We, so it's a very young roster that should be ascending in value. And even if things don't hit for them in year one, they still will maintain some value. Whereas if you have those veterans, like let's say a Will Fuller and things don't go right this year, the you know it's probably worth nothing at that point. But interesting as well, James Cook was in the starting lineup that I referenced, but. You know, Rashad White could be the guy that you're putting in there come week one, Isaiah Speller, and also Brees Hall was the other one. So a lot of rookie running backs in there, and it, which was a strong, pretty strong uh, start to that rookie running back class. So looking through overall here, I think it's a really nice roster based on the right cost. The, the one you mentioned about Wilson, it might be something that you could move out of Wilson on this roster for a, you know, maybe a slightly lower ranked quarterback, but maybe get a picker, get some pieces in there as well. But really really positive overall start to this and then we'll see what happens with ryan Tannehill's contract after this season and malik willis could be another piece that comes into this roster but thanks to cole for sitting in that roster really stacked doing a lot of the right things looks really positive there we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all 
Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Next question, Sean, comes in from Greg Dudek. We have back-to-back Gregs for these next two rosters, but both different Gregs. So, hi, Colin. I was wondering if you and Sean might take some time to discuss a dynasty roster of mine on RVOT to go along with your recent pod on dynasty tactics. He's particularly interested in the situation where does he burn it to the ground or does he keep those young elite dynasty assets and maybe try and see where he can contend this year so it's a super flex tight end premium 12 team league they did the startup last year so we're one year removed from that startup heading into the second year starting lineup is quarterback two running backs three wide receivers one tight end three flex and a super flex so we have a possibility here of starting six wide receivers of course you could also go and start five running backs if you want to but based on a lot of the stuff we talk about the flex positions we're trying to win that flex with the receiver position so in the startup he drafted josh allen kirk cousins and jimmy garoppolo as his quarterback at cream hunt and zach moss as his running backs then that was also added to with Diggs, Ayuk, gallup rager crowder and his tight ends were darn waller and albert O. in the rookie draft he picked up trey lance etn amon ross st brown uh, he mentions among others as well sometime last summer he decided to kind of blow the team up uh, and decided that he thought it wasn't going to be competitive. He ended up moving Allen, Diggs, Waller, Gallup, and ultimately got his current roster, which is Lance, ETN, Michael Carter, Jamar Chase, Elijah Moore, uh, St. Brown, Pitts, Ayuk, Alberto, Rondell Moore, Kirk Cousins, and Mac Jones. And on the bench, he has Tony Pollard, Zach Moss, Chuba Hubbard, Khalil Herbert, um, among others, Sean, that are sprinkled in there as well. So, when we look through it, he says he has four 2023 thirds, but no firsts. He had no 2022 firsts. In 2024, things get back to normal pick-wise, um, but without Lance and ETN last year pen- finished poorly. So there's a lot of good young talent on this team, particularly with Chase and Pitts, potentially Lance if he starts, and then ETN if he's healthy. He thinks he could be competitive this year, but his question is, in a situation where blowing it up even more, which would mean moving Chase, Pitts, and Lance for 2023 picks makes sense, or does it make more sense to 
by his time to 2024 and beyond. So, of course, this fits into Greg's question here and his roster, but it circles back to the the point as well. I know we talk about you know the the windows and using these players and then trading them, but when is that window too early? When you have somebody like Chase and Pitts and Lance who are like haven't really even started that window yet, if it makes sense. So a lot to unpack in that question, Sean. But what are we thinking Greg should do here? This is the case where I think that there are moves that can be made, but I would probably stay away from moving the stars. Because the main reason he was able to get to the to this point where you have Chase and Pitts and some of these other young players in Trey Lance is moving those first he mentions he didn't have any 2022 first that probably wasn't a huge problem we had a lot of guys we liked in this draft but it's not going to set you back multiple years based on the players who are on the roster not having any 2023 firsts is unfortunate when you have this young team but at the same time you've got the pieces here now to have a juggernaut for a long long time in lance and pitts and jamar chase you've got two of the top 10 guys which we always like to see trey lance could move into that discussion over the course of this next season you have some other fun young players in terms of elijah moore amon ra Ayuk, someone who probably will bounce back in value if not this year then next year have albert o rondell moore to have that quarterback situation too where even after you've moved josh allen to still have not only lance but kirk cousins and mac jones you've got the three guys that's very very helpful i actually think this team will be competitive and so it's not necessarily an issue where you have to move back out of players in order to get those 2023 first to keep things going that said if you're able to move someone like a kirk cousins who does still have plenty of value in any type of super flex format because of the weapons he has around him and how important it is to get points in the super flex spot and in many cases to use veterans and now that we've had some guys play deep into their 30s you're actually going to get a little bit better value on even players like a Kirk Cousins in his 30s than you would have gotten previously so from that perspective those are some of the players I would move we talk a lot about if you are a rebuilding team don't be afraid to move your stars but it's just very difficult to move players of the level of lance pitts and chase you just have to get so much back not many teams actually even have that really on their roster definitely not something where they can move those picks and still be competitive which is obviously what they would want to do if they're getting a player like that back now it may be a little bit different in your league if you have another manager who could give you the value of three or three and a half firsts i really think that chase especially as someone who probably is even above that three first level that i currently have him ranked at that's sort of our top tier i have him as the number two overall player behind only josh allen obviously he's going to have to continue to be very good to stay ahead of patrick mahomes and justin herbert but because you have mac jones i think that you can move cousins you can move a lot of these other guys and maybe even move a Travis Etienne who is now generating a lot of enthusiasm moving up in redraft. Redraft and Dynasty are obviously different, right? But redraft will send you a lot of signals in the same way that best ball early on will send signals to what the Dynasty value is going to be. In a case here where a young back, and he's still young even though he came into the NFL a little bit older and then didn't play that first year, when a young back is moving up there in redraft, we know that his Dynasty value also is going to be getting that bounce and yet 
because of the problems with the Jaguars, because of the situations that James Robinson is still there, even though he probably won't be a huge factor in 2022. And because ETN, a little bit of a similar situation to Najee Harris, where those guys are, I mean, they're not old. And if they played well to 27, like we've witnessed from players like Alvin Kamara and Dalvin Cook, then you're definitely going to get the value back simply by holding them and playing them and score a lot of points. But anything that goes wrong with ETN at this point, another injury, poor performance because the Jaguars are terrible, not actually being able to rack up quite the number of receptions that people want him to have, his value can disappear quickly. And he's at that position where you can move him and continue to churn in dynasty. So those would be some of the things I would look at. I think the the biggest thing here would be to try and develop more bench depth. The bench uh, that has been named here by Greg isn't particularly strong. Maybe not even a lot of hold candidates from the perspective of uh, even on bigger rosters. Now we do like Tremble and, and Pierre Strong, definitely somebody that we're holding hopefully for the future. But I think that would be kind of the path that I would be looking at. Cousins and ETN is the guys who could move. The risk with keeping ETN is that there could be huge differences in the value in the first month. He's someone who could jump into that 2023 kind of not necessarily first round in a super flex, but first round in regular formats and redrafts or a second round, you know, early or, you know, early to mid second round in a super flex startup type of draft. If you move him before that, you're going to lose out on that growth. If he starts out very slowly and then you're trying to move him in season, I mean, Kirk Cousins is someone you might move in season to see just how explosive they actually are. If that gives him another bump, it also gives you the chance to kind of see where your team is. And especially in the starting lineup, this team has firepower and youth. So it should be competitive with the three good quarterbacks. Those would be my thoughts. I mean, this is not a team that I would blow up. It's not a team that I would try and move pieces to win now with it's a team that i think is kind of moving into that permanent championship window you want to look at the players and pieces you have that will make you a little bit better without doing anything that i think sets you back multiple years in terms of getting where you want to be yeah and when you look at like there's players that you can look to move like you talked with etn you know young players who, who can still be moved but then there's players who are just the exceptional at that extreme end of uh, elite upside and chase and this has been a tight end premium league as well you know we haven't even scratched the surface yet with kyle pitts and what he can do and you know it's gonna be very very hard to give that up and move but players like Ayuk may not have the value now but the likes of you know etn i think he is the main one to move and cousins who you already mentioned so yeah the tricky part on this is how deep the rosters are. As I mentioned at the start of the quarterback, two running backs, three wide receivers, tight end, and then the three flexes. So I think up as far as the three flexes, this team is in a really good spot. It's just that little bit of depth. And obviously you could get that from moving chase, but I think you're going to be going in 2024 and looking to see how you could get Jamar Chase back on your roster. And that's probably not going to be possible. But uh, thanks to Greg for sending that question. Hopefully, that is beneficial hearing sean's insights there we do have a second greg on the show and it is greg braun and he's talking sean about the permanent championship window in dynasty so it says love listening to you guys i have a question in relation to one of my dynasty rosters i have won two out of two out of the past three years which is obviously 
fantastic achievement. Well done and congrats there. And he wants to keep that window open for future championships. I would say I don't have the strongest team, but I am in the top three for that league. I would love to hear your take and what you think I should do. I'm thinking of trading Kyler Murray to create more depth and future assets for his team. Starting lineup is quarterback, two wide receivers, two running backs, one tight end, two flexes, a super flex, and a defense. Always interesting, Sean. There's all there's so many different types of leagues. You'll never pick them all out, but the defenses are still hanging on in, in some of those dynasty leagues. And then scoring six point passing touchdown, five point or half point PPR, half point per first down for rushing and receiving. So lots of different elements added in there. And Scott Fishbowl currently ongoing i think uh, we talked to scott when he was on last year i think a lot of the super flex a lot of the additional points that have become mainstream i think we can probably add up to his influence there but the team is josh allen kyler murray jalen hurts and tyler huntley quarterback running back is jk dobbins antonio gibson um chris carson daryl henderson and then khalil herbert and pierre strong then jamar chase cd lamb dj moore tyler boyd rondell moore Nico Collins, Van Jefferson, Isaiah McKenzie, Sky Moore, and Taekwon Thornton, along with Alex Pearson. And then tight end is Mark Andrews and Mike Gusecki. So thanks a lot, Greg, for sending this in. We'll have a, a look through it now. And uh, looking at it, Sean, there's, this team has, has quite a bit of depth and doesn't have the same roster starting requirements as the previous league did. So that's obviously going to be beneficial. But I think when we're looking at the the wide receivers here, the top end tier of that is is very strong. And Chase Lamb, Moore, Tyler Boyd, Rondell Moore, then is kind of the next option after that. Then Sky Moore and Taekwon Thornton as rookies coming in here. Tight ends pretty sewing up as well with Gasecki and Andrews. And then I think the wide receiver, or sorry, the, the quarterbacks are, are pretty solid. So what's your initial thoughts on this roster? And again, Although it does have the the Russian first half point per first down, you do just have to start the two running backs in it. So, you know, having somebody like Dobbins and Gibson in there is going to to help you get through most weeks. Yeah, Colin, I think the way that you described that is perfect. The it gives you a sense too of how unbalanced dynasty leagues will get over time. The idea that this team is not the best team. Uh, you know one of the top three but not the best team is interesting because it's pretty loaded when you have josh allen kyler murray jamar chase i mean that's three of the top seven players in dynasty and super flex formats and then there are other good guys as well i mean cd lamb went at the 111 in the draft that uh pat and i did i don't think that he's probably to that level but he's only going to slide to like the 14th or 15th overall player even with needing to still show some things you have dj Moore, very much locked in as still a young elite wide receiver tyler boyd gives you a little bit of that uh, veteran safety and some contingency based upside should one of the top two receivers unfortunately go down at any point and then you have breakout guys like rondell you have the rookies in terms of sky Moore, alec pierce and tyquan thornton thornton somebody i think is a little bit undervalued and kind of interesting in all leagues right now we talk about the perpetual reloading this is a cool question because it does kind of bring up that element of it that's uncomfortable right where if you're going to move a kyler murray that's an uncomfortable decision to make he is worth you know at least three first round picks he's in a situation this year where if marquise brown and rondell moore hit 
then this offense is going to take off. If Trey McBride hits, then the offense is going to take off. If he could just stop getting hurt, which I think is going to be difficult. I mean, Kyler Murray plays a brand of NFL quarterback that is probably the most dangerous that you can possibly play. So staying, staying healthy is going to be an issue for him. If he suffers a serious injury, then his dynasty trade value plummets, and that's where you end up losing out. So being proactive could make sense here. You would need the right trade, right? I think that you, if you get to the point where you have three elite quarterbacks in a super flex, you don't really ever want to let yourself drop below that because that gives you just such a high floor, such a high ceiling, and it sort of insulates you from running into a problem where a single injury torpedoes your season. You have so much leverage in any type of trade discussion. And having that leverage as well is very helpful as you try and do other things. You can make other moves on your roster. The position here that's weak is, is obviously running back. You have J.K. Dobbins, a player we love. Antonio Gibson, somebody I've, dra I've drafted a little bit in best ball this season because his price has gotten to be so inexpensive. But for the long term, the fact that they don't seem that comfortable with him, they don't seem like they're going to really use him as a receiver. They don't necessarily seem like they're going to use him around the goal line it probably makes sense to still take a little bit of that risk every once in a while in a year or in a format that is constrained to this particular year because things could turn around at the same time. I don't think that you want any of that risk going into future years. If you could move him, even if you don't move him for a great price, that probably makes some sense. If you can move out of a little bit of this wide receiver depth, then that probably makes some sense as, as long again, you know you're getting a player back to where that player's value isn't going to be pointed in only one direction if you get a little bit better upgrade at running back but you give up a sky more and sky in all likelihood has ascending trade value for several seasons you would have to play pretty poorly within the context of the chief's offense for that not to be the case now that is a possibility not all of the rookies hit even the ones that we're excited about but you wouldn't want to make a move that gives you lower trade value going forward, but that would be a possibility. The real name that jumps out here from a perpetual reloading perspective would be Mark Andrews. You have Mike Kosicki, who has the potential to take a step forward this year. Yeah, he's going to have more target competition, but with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, it's going to be even more difficult for defenses to address the threat that he represents. Mark Andrews, it's tricky, right? We talk about perpetual reloading and you need to have anybody on your roster currently or anybody you add. If you're going to play them for two years and then trade them, Mark Andrews has a lot of risk. Now that risk at the same time comes with a lot of upside. The reason there is risk is because he has so much value after having scored so many points last year and he's so good. And if for you know any reason he were able to play into his early and maybe even mid-30s like Travis Kelsey appears to be on the verge of doing, then you're going to lose some actual years of scoring if you move him now. But you think about where he could be at this time next year. He'll be a year older, and the Ravens could have had a very run-oriented offense. He's still going to score in that kind of offense in the same way that Rashad Bateman is still going to score. But if people come out of 2022 with a very different vision of what his ceiling is and the likelihood of any given week being a spike week then the trade value plummets right now you can get a lot for him i've been diversifying out of a lot of my mark andrews shares and i think that it probably makes more sense to do that than to move out of kyler murray 
But one of the points that this question raises, and I think, again, this is such a good question about this team because there are a variety of ways you can do it, is that you want to be on the lookout for managers in your league who really like those particular players. And if you have a fit with an opposing manager that allows you to accomplish your objectives, him or her to accomplish their objectives, and both teams benefit in a way that you you like the price and, and both sides are very happy with it, those are kind of the moves. I, I wouldn't necessarily go out specifically, though, to trade Kyler Murray. And just to finish up on this roster, obviously very strong trio of quarterbacks and Alan Murray and Hertz and all young quarterbacks also. Thoughts on, you know, long-term? For me, Alan and Murray are the safer long-term quarterbacks to have on this roster versus Hertz. Obviously, Hertz gives you a tremendous rushing upside and we can see what, you know, 2022 may have from a passing perspective. But with somebody who is so reliant on rushing like that, is there any concern rather than trying to keep the guys who have the passing and the rushing upside rather than the high-end rushing side of things with Hertz? Would he be somebody you would move versus Murray? Yeah, you could definitely make that play, but it would, again, need to be in a situation where someone in your league wants to pay above market because there there is now a little bit of a pricing in of this potential for the eagles to be more pass oriented in many ways i think the eagles are more likely to be the 2021 ravens than this year this year's version of the ravens are (laughs) to be similar to the 2021 ravens where you know the eagles have dallas goddard and we have a lot of different signs that he is one of the top six or seven tight ends in the NFL and maybe better than that. I mean, it, we could be looking at him a year from now and saying he's the best tight end from a receiving perspective in the entire NFL. Devontae Smith had a fantastic rookie season. And because they don't throw a lot and because they added A.J. Brown, we're now in a situation where Devontae Smith is coming off of winning the Heisman Trophy and was the best wide receiver among the trio of Smith, Judy, and Waddle at Alabama, no question. That doesn't necessarily mean he'll be the best NFL receiver. But you I mean you have multiple seasons in a row where Devontae Smith has been an absolute star. He was excellent as a rookie with the Eagles, and it gets kind of covered up by the other things that the Eagles have done. Now they have AJ Brown. You put those three guys together in an offense where the head coach would probably like to, at the very least, be more balanced, if not actually be sort of aggressive and pass heavy. You look at the skills that Jalen Hurts has and this ability to get on the edge and do some of the things. One of the things that you see when you look at some of the peripherals, and Ben and I talked a lot about the advanced stat explorer when we were talking about Baker Mayfield and some of the things that he has struggled with over the past several years. One of the things that you see when you go in there and look at the 2021 number so there are some i wouldn't say red flags because it didn't hold him back and he was just absolutely spectacular but josh allen did have some weaknesses last year but because of his overall profile and the ability to extend third downs especially but extend plays find the right receiver the ability to run for the thir- first downs when you need them the ability to move the ball because of this just immense dynamism that he presents Jalen Hurts is not that but he brings a lot of those same traits to the table where he doesn't have to be the same quality of passer to move the offense that other teams have to have from their quarterbacks and then when you surround him with this talent 
it's difficult for me to see a scenario where it doesn't actually work. And so I think that there's some value to be had in kind of wading through this year and seeing just how high he rises. I don't think it's impossible that, you know, he is the guy instead of Trey Lance, who at this point next season is sort of the 106 in startups. You wouldn't want to move the 106 in startups early, especially when the downside is probably somewhat limited. But one of the things that's fun about the Eagles is just that there is such a massive range because if he doesn't succeed with those weapons, they will replace him. Now, similar to some of these other guys, you know, like a Baker Mayfield, even he probably has already played well enough that he has a career in the NFL as a starter. Some other team is going to need him. I mean, if he somehow busted this year with the Eagles, is it difficult to see him being next year starter with the Seahawks and all these different things with quarterbacks. There are a lot of things that have to go on in terms of contracts. We're seeing that right now in terms of Jimmy Garoppolo and different paths that, you know, the Browns might take different paths that the Seahawks might take. I mean, both of those teams may just take the straightforward route of being bad in 2022 and, and pointing toward 2023, but it's not necessarily some easy thing of you can just swap all of these QBs around, but someone who has, the ability to throw deep and the ability to run is going to be in demand. So I don't think that Jalen Hurts can fall through the floor. I don't think he can necessarily be a backup. And if that's the situation there, there's only so much trade value that you could lose with him. Uh, again, if you can move off of one of these QBs, get back a very safe third QB and a superstar at another position, then you would have to consider that. But it would need to be a very, very good player when you consider just how much value these quarterbacks have in the draft that Matt Jones and I are doing, we ended up with a young team and we drafted Christian McCaffrey early with that. So he's kind of the one player that doesn't exactly fit. And one of the offers that we received based on that was to swap him for Jalen hurts. And, you know, that would probably make sense. Uh, we didn't necessarily want to do it at the time because we'll have the two elite running backs with him and ETN there are going to be other ways to fill the QB position late. And you kind of see that develop at the same time. I mean, this could easily be a situation where a year from now we're looking back and thinking, well, you know, we would have had a 10 year run of titles if we had just traded Christian McCaffrey for Jalen hurts. The big takeaway from that, that I thought Sean was going to say is that Jalen hurts could be the quarterback for the Panthers next year, because they are just cycling through those <laughs> quarterbacks as quickly as possible. But Thanks to Greg and Greg and also Cole for sending in those three rosters to look through. That was a lot of fun discussing those. Hopefully everyone enjoyed listening in. As a loyal podcast listener, of course, you can get yourself a 10% discount to a Rotoviz NFL pass to get access to all of the content and tools up on rotoviz.com. All you have to do is add the code RVRADIO2022 at checkout. That'll save you 10% off a Rotoviz NFL pass. If you're playing over at Underdog, you can get yourself a 100% sign-up bonus up to $100 with the code ROTOVIZ when you're playing. That is, again, underdogfantasy.com with a brand new account. That is everything covered for today's show. Thank you for tuning in. We will be back soon with another podcast. Make sure you're subscribed to the ROTOVIZ Overtime podcast feed and get those as they drop. And until we're back with another show, my name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. My co-host is Sean Siegel. You can check out all of Sean's work up on rotaviz.com. Until next time, have a good one. 
Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast.